John 14. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father, thank you tonight for the Word, for the Spirit of God, for grace that is sufficient for utterance in the Holy Ghost, for boldness to speak your Word. Lord, may we declare accurately that which you want us to say and everything you want us to do, may we know it clearly so it can be done. Lord, we honor you, we give you praise. You alone are God. And Lord, we give you your rightful place in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John 14, verse 21. 14, 21. It says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What will he do? He will love him and manifest himself to us. And so uh, we began speaking to you, if you remember, last week, hopefully you remember, unless you weren't here, uh, we began speaking to you about the glory of God, okay? And what is in the heart of myself, and I really believe any person who, is, who has experienced God to any degree, there is a hunger and a desire for more experience with Him, okay? Well, we need to differentiate, I think, between uh, when we say, I want more of God. Well, that's okay to say that as long as you understand that you didn't just get an arm when you got saved. You didn't just get the Holy Spirit's leg, you know. Uh, when you receive the Lord, you do receive all of Him, Okay, but there are different levels and uh, different degrees of manifestation of his spirit. Okay, he's always everywhere at once. That's his nature being uh, omnipresent, but he's not in manifestation everywhere he, uh, at the same time and always to the same degree. I really think that if God were to manifest himself fully and completely without reservation in our midst, that we wouldn't be able to, to live. Okay, in our physical, human physical bodies. In heaven with a glorified body, I believe we'll be able to handle that. But now if God were just a full-on everything he has, no, we couldn't handle it. I know this just from my limited experience uh, with the Lord that sometimes when his spirit has been on me in, in a manifested way strongly over a little period of time, my physical body can be very uh, uh, exhausted. Okay, it can be very wearied by having that because, you know, I'm still living in this flesh and blood body and it can't handle the glory of God to the degree that we were originally designed to handle it. Uh, okay, uh, and so there's always more. I, I don't, I mean, even though if I've experienced that and at times when there's been a strong presence of God, you walk away and as soon as that, that presence kind of lifts, you go, oh, you, you know, I, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but just all of a sudden you feel tired. But even though you feel that, you come back and you say, I want some more. <laughs> it was worth every bit of, <sighs> because the glory of God is something special. It's something that we, uh, we desire it because God wants us to experience him. Okay, Jesus talked about manifesting himself to us. I want him to manifest himself to you and to me. 
Now, we've all experienced that to some degree through the new birth, and that's the most important. God indwells every one of us, but there's a revelation and understanding of that that can take us further. And there are experiences with God that the believer can expect and desire and want to have in their lives. Not that we exalt it. Let's come back to the Word now. Not that we exalt any experience above God's written Word. We certainly do not. But when you're, when you're grounded in the Word, you can have experiences that can be judged and you can have uh, just an abundance of God's manifest presence in your life. Let me, let me give you this, uh, this verse here, the 21st verse from the Amplified Bible. Okay, It says, The person who, is, who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Do you believe that God could be made more real to you? Oh, absolutely, that is the case. I've, I've discovered this, that the more I focus on natural things, if I, in other words, if I spend uh, too much time uh, watching TV, if I spend too much time just in natural, uh, doing natural things that aren't necessarily sinful in and of themselves, uh, but I just spend too much time there and very little time with the Lord in church, in prayer, in reading the Word, those type of things. If I back off of the spiritual and just do a whole lot of natural stuff, God seems less real to me. And it's not that He is less real. He's still real. <laughs> he is who He is, always will be independent of what I do. But to me, there's not a greater, there's, there's a lesser sense of the reality of God. And so God can manif be manifest more or less in a person's life. And I, it just thrills me that God wants to manifest himself and be clearly seen by me. I, I don't know about you, but I've had times when it seemed like it was fuzzy. You know, it, that I saw him, but I didn't see him clearly. And other times it was so much easier. It seemed like every time I, everything I would read from the word would be, mm, yeah, that was good. That's clear. I understand it. You know, every time I pray, and it's, wow, it's like he's right there, and it's such a reality, and other times that weren't like that, there's just a whole lot of value to having God manifest himself to you. Now, now look at the 11th chapter, just reviewing these first couple verses from last week to give you the foundation of where we're going. John 11 and verse 40, again, this is when Lazarus was about to be raised from the dead. He had been dead for four days. And 11 verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? He said, if you believe, you'd see the glory of God. Is there a condition to see, the, see God's glory? Apparently believing is necessary. And this is where... I, I get excited about this because I know that seeing the glory of God, having God manifest himself to me is not all about his sovereign will. Because if it's just about what his sovereign will is, I can't do anything about it. And if he doesn't want to, mm. you know, and if somebody else has an experience and my heart hungers for it, there's absolutely nothing I can do. But when I find out that faith is involved, that gives me something to do, okay? That, that, that tells me that I can believe. Now, if faith is involved, if, if you believe and see, you know, did they believe and see? Well, 
Lazarus was raised from the dead. Did they? That was an experience of some of some glory. I mean, the guy. I mean, the guy was in the in the in the grave for for four days, and all of a sudden he pops out. You know, I mean, they 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 opened it up, and there he was. You know, they buried people in those days, and of course, uh, very likely he was in the mummifying process. You know, as they they wrapped him up, and so that's when Jesus said, "Loose him and let him go." Because they had to take those grave clothes off of him. And so you might even wonder, sometimes they, you know, they, they, uh, they had those tombs and they would go down a little bit, you know, and maybe it was, it was probably quite a sight to see when all of a sudden Lazarus is, you know, <laughs> you, you might wonder, how, how did he get up? <laughs> it was probably, you know, the, the resurrection power of God brought him back from the dead and, and healed him of whatever condition he died of. And then stood him up in the tomb, <laughs> or at the at the door there, and so they had to unwrap him and, and 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 let him go. But they experienced some glory. But if I can believe under this, uh, what will help me to believe to see the glory of God? Well, simple principles that work. Uh, simple principles of faith. Remember, uh, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God, the more we talk about the glory of God and we read the, some of the many related scriptures about God's glory, what's happening? Well, our faith is rising, okay? Our faith is getting stirred up so that we can then see. So I don't know about you, but just the fact that we're talking about this, I know how it works. You talk about healing, what do you get? Healing. You talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, what do you get? Baptism in the Spirit. Uh, you talk about peace, what happens? Peace. Talk about joy, what happens? Joy. Whatever you talk about from God's Word, He comes in to confirm that. Okay? He will manifest Himself that way. What about if we talk about glory? Oh, yes, our, our faith for glory is increasing, even as we talk about it now. Already, something's happening in our hearts. Our confidence, our belief, our faith in God is increasing for His glory. So what's going to happen? Uh, we're going to experience more of the glory of God. Everybody ready for it? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. More of God's glory. Okay. Now, Second uh, Chronicles. In fact, you don't need to turn there necessarily, but 16.9, 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. What does God want to do? Show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Praise God, there's a little bit more of that. But God wants to show himself. We need to understand that that's the way he is. Sometimes people have this idea of God that he pretty much wants to remain hidden. He pretty much wants to keep most things from us. And I know when we get to heaven, we'll see and know all kinds of things. But God doesn't seem to want to reveal a lot to people today. I really disagree with that. Okay, I really see from the Bible that God wants to show himself. When he created man from the very beginning, created his man Adam, there was no indication at all that God wanted to... Uh, hide from him in any way he walked with him in the cool of the day they conversed one between uh, between another that was God's plan it's the way he wanted it to be sin of course disrupted 
the fellowship that man had with God. And, uh, but it's still his desire. And how many know through Jesus we've been made righteous so there's no hindrance. Your sin is not keeping, uh, keeping God from fellowshipping with you. Your sin's been dealt with in Jesus. The blood has been spilled so that you can have right standing. And I really believe that the only hindrance to us fellowshipping with God is our thinking. And is our lack of, our lack of faith that he wants to. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, I remember uh, reading uh, somewhere... I think I remember the book, but uh, it, it, was, it was in a book, and this particular minister was talking about how he was, I think it was in a South uh, American country, yeah, I'd have to look it up to get the details, but he had ministered in, in this church, and he was, they were talking about angels and, and uh, the uh, manifestation of angels and these types of events, and he come to find out, he, he asked in this church how many people had had an experience you know, a vision or some type of experience with an angel in the last couple weeks. And to his surprise, there were hands all over the place going up. Oh, yeah, and this was just in the last couple weeks. And it got this particular uh, minister questioning, what in the world is happening here? Why are all, and someone might think, oh, I, don't, I don't believe that. Well, that's probably the why we don't have so many of those. It doesn't mean that there aren't false things out there. Of course there is. We, that's why we judge stuff. But he got to wondering, why is God moving so much in that way here in this church and in this country and so much of the American churches, if you've got a vision once every hundred years, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean we realize it's a lot more than that, but uh, just not so often and not many people are having those type of experiences. We know God's the same. He's no respecter of persons or countries or churches or, or anything like that. He, he's open and wanting to reveal and show himself to everybody. Could it be that these people are just naturally expecting these type of events? You remember in the book of Acts that when Peter was in jail, remember Peter was in jail and there was a group of people praying for him. Okay, and he had a supernatural deliverance, and uh, he came knocking on the door, and it's almost comical when you read this. Almost sounds like a sitcom. Some they they wrote it because uh, he's knocking on the door, and the person that came to the door, he said, "It's Peter," and the person uh, was so excited, they went back and left him there, <laughs> and they went back to tell everyone, "Peter's here," and they are. They all said, "No." Nah. <laughs> And you got to, it makes you wonder, what in the world were they praying? Were they praying? <laughs> I mean, anyway, uh, but they said no. But here's what's interesting. They said, it must be his angel. I don't know about you. I'm not quick to think that. If someone shows up unexpectedly, I mean, that I didn't think they would show up, you know, maybe they, you know, you wonder what they were believing. Maybe they're just believing deliverance would happen a different way, and they didn't expect all of a sudden while they're praying Peter to show up. That could have been part of the surprise. But why would you jump to think, oh, it's probably his angel? I'm thinking they must have had experience with angels a little more frequently than the average uh, church is having today. And again, the Lord is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's still like he did in the Old Testament. Like Jesus said, I'll come and manifest myself. Uh, he still wants to do that in our lives. 
Okay, and these things can happen in many different ways, angels just being one example. But it's, uh, I, I think we should all raise our expectation. Expect more. Say, but everything's going pretty good for me. Turn it up a notch, man. You think you've reached the pinnacle? Not even close. There is so much to experience in God. Yes, we're going to be word people, study the word and teach the word, and, but add some glory to that and we'll be more balanced. Amen. I'm not willing to sacrifice anything. Not willing to sacrifice a good outline for the manifestation of God's glory and His presence. Amen. And so God wants to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. Now, just taking a moment to look at what the glory of God is. What it actually means. By definition, uh, there's a couple words a word that's primarily used in Hebrew in the Bible for the Old Testament and then another one for the New Testament. I could try to pronounce these, uh, may be correct, maybe may not be correct. The, glory, the word glory in the Hebrew is kabod, kabad, something like that. But it, simp it simply means to be heavy or to be weighty. When we talk about the glory of God, now this will help us to understand this. The glory of God, it's, it's almost, I wouldn't have, think, wouldn't have thought it, it meant that. To be heavy or to be weighty. All right. New Testament, uh, Greek word uh, doxa, it, it means, it uh, has these, these words that define it. Splendor, brightness, magnificence. Uh, it, it implies the revealing or disclosure of who God is. Okay, when we're talking about the glory of God, we're talking about something very weighty. We're talking about splendor. We're talking about uh, brightness and magnificence, the very revelation of God himself. It's some pretty serious stuff. <laughs> I believe it's going to be the atmosphere of heaven forever. The glory of God. Very heavy. And you can see... Uh, maybe we'll touch on this, but it's not something we can take lightly. It's not an insignificant thing. It's not a light matter. It's the glory of God. That is powerful. That is life-changing. Okay? We should do things, I believe, in such a way that causes people to say, glory to God. In other words, we do things... With, a great, with great substance and weight and, and magnificence. So, and listen, when God's glory comes, when God's glory is manifest, again, that's to different degrees. We've all experienced some of God's glory, okay? Uh, but when God's glory comes, He's the one that's glorified. There's something about the presence where you, re you realize, man, that's not just, that's not just mankind. That's not just a good song or a good musician or a good speaker. Or a, This is something bigger than that. This is something more weighty, okay? It's the glory of God. We settle for nothing less. But we should do things. I believe that should be a kind of a standard. How, how many know when we arrive um, at the pearly gates, when we walk, when we walk into uh, and set our feet on planet heaven and walk uh, up to the throne of God, we're going to be saying, 
Wow. <laughs> Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. We'll probably look around and look at some angels and go, <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you know, they'll take us around to see our, our mansion that Jesus said He went to prepare for us. And we'll look at it and go, Oh, glory to God. <laughs> How many know there's going to be a lot of that coming out of our mouths? And uh, we'll look at each other and go, glory to God. <laughs> look at you. <laughs> you look so much better. <laughs> I, I, I just really think there's going to be a whole lot of us going, wow, wow. Wow, wow, glory to God. And, uh, and, and probably for a while, maybe a couple millennium huh? <laughs> and beyond, just be saying, glory to God. Well, that kind of attitude is the attitude with which we should do things for the kingdom of God in the earth. I realize we're not going to match streets of gold and, and, and the, you know, looking at the throne of God, but we can experience a lot of that glory here. And I think it should, it should uh, guide our attitudes and our actions and, and the seriousness, seriousness with which we approach His work. So we can do things that cause people, and maybe it won't be to that level, but we do things that cause people to say, well, glory to God. Yeah. This is where sometimes people get, they get troubled. But when you understand that everything we do is for him that all that we uh, all that we do anything that we have is to be for his glory and that the possessors of any material thing is knowledgeable that it's not ours but his not just for our pleasure though God does it for that it is ultimately for his glory okay and you and the Lord may bless you personally with something a hot new expensive car what should it cause people to do say well glory to God when they see what the Lord has blessed you with and that's the way we direct our attention uh, you know we're going to build some 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 structures uh, on the earth to advance the kingdom here in the in Boise right we want to build them in such a way that people look at and say glory to God <laughs> Glory, look at, wow, wow, glory to God, okay, because that's glory, and if we're a part of his glorious family, and we're experiencing his glory, what we do comes out of that, and so we're not doing petty, insignificant things, if it's for God's kingdom, it's glorious, and it takes a new standard and level of excellence that will cause us to do things in such a way that will draw attention to Him. Amen. Now, look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. See, glory is weight. I think we should give weight to God's business. It should be a very heavy thing. In our lives. First Samuel. Chapter 2. And verse 30. First Samuel 2.30. It 
It says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me. Now let me just stop for just a moment before I lose this. All right. How many think, hold, just hold that thought. We'll pick up right there. How many think when, when they built, and some of you have studied this out, in the Old Testament, when they built Solomon's temple, for example, when they finished that, it took, took them decades to do so, but when they built that thing, did people walk by and go, oh, cool. <laughs> did they say, yeah, that's, I mean, I, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, I bet the, 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 the result, the, how people walked by, they went, wow, that is impressive. That is a glorious structure. And the reason God did it, of course, and if you read the materials and everything it cost to build, uh, that it was just astounding. Some have put it in hundreds of billions of dollars in today's, uh, in today's economy, okay, with all the labor and the gold and all this stuff. It was just a tremendous thing. But what it was, it was God's house, okay? And literally, His presence was there in the Holy of Holies. We know that a church today, any church building is not God's house. In one sense, we could say it is because it's for His purposes, it's for His service. So it's God's house in that regard. But literally, you are God's house. Literally, I am the temple. And you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so that brings us to this. This is just something you can... Uh, you know, thrash around in your mind a little bit. I give glory to God by what I do with His house. He wanted the house to look really good. Didn't He? In the Old, old Testament, He wanted that temple to look magnificent, to be awesome and splendor because He was there. God's presence and all that He represented came out of that. Now it comes out of you. Yeah, we could talk about buildings, but to much lesser degree. All right. Let's talk about you and what you represent. This is where I want you to know that God wants you to look good. Oh, yeah, he wants to make his resources available to help you look good. I'm not talking look good by some, just some person's little standard or measure up to a magazine or something like that. I'm talking about the inside of you coming out. That's the most important thing. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, having a smile, having character that's, that's, that represents God. But it also does concern, he wants you to have nice clothes. Come on, he wants to have, have, have a, you know, nice do. <laughs> Whatever. He wants you to look good. He wants your life to be a representation of him because you are his temple. Okay? You are where he lives. And how, do the, how does the world find out about him? Through you. Through you. You're not near as excited about that as you should be. Someone think, I, I don't really like the way I... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God blessing you to, to such a degree. And yes, there's responsibility. I don't mean to take away from that. There's responsibility in our side, on our, in our own lives, to take care of ourselves and to make ourselves the best we can make ourselves in a, in a physical sense. But uh, I'm talking about God wanting to bless you and people seeing Him through you. Amen. Amen. Now, 1 Samuel 2.30, again, let's pick up uh, last part of that. He says, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly 
esteemed. And see, what we're talking about here is the glory of God, which is a very heavy, it's very weighty, it's magnificent, it's splendor. And when we give proper attention and weight to God's business, what happens? He honors us. But if we have, if we lightly esteem what the Lord is doing, then, uh, well, he says despise, which really means that you don't give enough weight to that. He said, then we'll be lightly esteemed. Now, we understand this. Not everyone, not all believers receive equal revelation. Not all believers have equal understanding of God or even equal experiences with God after they're saved. Say, is there any way where I can kind of get in the upper tier there? The upper group and, 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 you know, maybe God would share some things with me that he doesn't share with everybody else. And maybe I could experience God to a little greater degree than the average Joe. Is there a way? It's right here. How? If you will honor him and highly esteem him and give weight to his business above anything else in your life, you will be honored by him. How? Well, he, there's different ways that God honor can include financial prosperity, a number of things, but he will come and manifest himself to you in a greater way. When you give him the regard that he deserves, man, he will show you things that he wouldn't have showed you if you thought, ah, whatever. If you had more of a flippant attitude. Hmm? See, you're no longer swine. <laughs> so he can give you his pearls. Are you listening? It's to the person who doesn't really care. Who couldn't really give a rip. Who could, ah, take it or leave it. I can handle it. I'm, you know, uh, that God's not going to give extra to them. God's not going to reveal himself more to them. Why would he? It doesn't make any sense to do so. I mean, I wouldn't want to give some valuable gift to a person that I knew they weren't going to, uh, you know, have any use for it or they didn't really care about it. I would rather give a valuable gift to someone that I knew w would appreciate it and would make use of it. And God has given us so much. He's made so much available. Even our very relationship with Him, the fact that we could gather and worship and experience His presence, those who give great weight to that qualify for more. Qualify for greater experiences with God. And that's why, say, well, we're all in the same place. Certainly we're all hearing the same message. No, we're not. Let's not be confused to think all of us in here are hearing the same things tonight. Not true. Not true. The, the fact is, some of us give more weight to this. Some of us give more priority in our lives to this. And therefore, as the word goes forth, God is revealing. God is manifesting. God is opening your eyes to see and heart to receive to the degree that you give him that weight. Amen. See, so how, how can I know? Well, sometimes, sometimes you don't, but sometimes you can see in, in people's actions how important things are to them. You know, sometimes people 
uh, will regularly show up late to church. I don't mean just because there was bad weather or, you know, now and then something happened. I mean, just regularly. And, you know, they kind of take an attitude. Well, you know, it's just the worship time and they're just singing. And, you know, no, no big deal. I mean, I'll get there. I'm, I'm more of, I kind of like the message more anyway. And, well, you're not highly esteeming what God's doing. Because I want you to know worship and praise is not a small thing with him. It takes up a lot of scriptures. Okay, it's, a, it's really important to him. If it's not important to you, but it is important to him, there's a disconnect there. And you may not realize it, but it's disrespecting him. It, it's, it, it's, you're, you're ill-esteeming the things of God. Some said, ah, you know, I'll get there. I mean, I, it's no big deal if I miss the offering. And, well, the Lord takes offerings very serious. And if we think, ah, oh, it's no big deal. I don't want to hear about money again. And uh, the Lord wants to talk to you about money. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm just saying, given these as examples, the Lord wants us to give weight to the same things he does. When we do, oh, here come the pearls, baby. Come on. Here comes the special treasures that God has. It's more than you say, what are those? Well, you don't know until you get there and God reveals things. Sometimes it's hard to explain what you don't know. In <laughs> fact, all the time. <laughs> but when we give God the place that he's supposed to have, serious place, you know, you know I've, ta- I've, I've given these examples before, but in coming to church, we should come ready. What do you mean ready? Well, ready on the outside, but ready on the inside. Okay. Say, so what does it matter? Well, it matters because you're esteeming God in doing so. You are honoring God by being prepared. Whereas if we lightly esteem the, the, the things that God is saying and doing, we just kind of fly in by the seat of our pants and don't take care of ourselves, get ourselves ready in any kind of fashion, physically, emotionally, spiritually. We just kind of, here I am, and, you know, and half, half fallen asleep and... Well, <laughs> you know, if you're tired, take a nap. But not here. <laughs> it's really not that comfortable. <laughs> but there, there's an important aspect. Uh, what we're dealing with is the heart, because that's what God's looking at. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Where should we go next? Ah, uh, there's good stuff. I just, some of it takes too long. Hey, let me, let, what's that? <laughs> Next verse. Hey, this was a, uh, a prophecy given in our church a few months back. Part of it said this, you will begin to see greater manifestations of God's glory and God's peace. This prophecy wasn't given through myself or actually it was a guest speaker that gave this. You will begin to see greater manifestations of God's glory and God's peace. Oh, I'm excited about that. And another part of it said this, And so it shall be said that there will be a multiplicity, a multiplication of the things already experienced 
and then beyond in the things not yet experienced. In other words, we've seen some things. We've had some good stuff. There's going to be more of that and things we've not yet seen. That this church shall be known as a lighthouse of glory where the presence of God shall be felt, where the presence of God shall be known, where the presence of God shall be shown. I don't know about you, but I'm liking this. Oh, glory to God. I'm glad this this brought to my remembrance just this afternoon as, as I was praying and getting ready. I knew there was something God had said to us recently about His glory. He said that about this place. This place be known as a lighthouse of glory. God's presence shall be felt. It shall be known. It shall be shown. We're not talking about something theoretical here. We're not talking about, yeah, we believe in the glory. Let me give you five points on the glory. <laughs> Kabod. Uh, <laughs> What was the other word? Doxa. <laughs> I can tell you all about the glory. Well, it's important. That's not, I don't want to diminish understanding and knowing and learning about the glory. But I sure like to have God manifest exactly what he's talking about. And he said this, and I didn't, I didn't prepare this message uh, for this time in response to this. But maybe I did and just didn't know it. God wants us to experience his glory more than before and things we haven't seen we will see amen amen he, he's already in this place tonight just it's just getting uh, i tell you what when you talk about it in fact l l let me l let me show you something over here uh in exodus 34 and we'll we'll finish up over here and probably just get to part of this exodus 34 Wow, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Thank you for the splendor and brightness and magnificence of your presence. For who you are revealed to us in greater degree. Exodus 34 and verse 29. Of course, if you know the contest, Exodus means the time when Israel exited from their slavery in Egypt. Okay, and, uh, and this, is, this was the time shortly after where the law came, the law of Moses. Moses went to the mountain, Ten Commandments, so forth. And uh, verse 29, now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. Notice, he didn't know. See, well, how could you not know that your skin's glowing, <laughs> that your face is glowing? He, oftentimes, this happens to us. Maybe, maybe not hasn't happened to that degree, but th this happens when you get in the presence of God, which is happening to a certain degree even right now. Is it, it, oftentimes, it's gradual. And Moses spent some time in the presence of God. He was there for a while, so he kind of got acclimated. 
And after he was there, it seemed kind of normal to him. And he got used to it. It was glorious. I'm sure he knew that. But to the degree that he was different than the way he was, he didn't realize that. To the degree that he was different than everybody else, he didn't realize that. And he came out of there. He didn't know that his face was shining. And I really understand this, that there's a principle when you spend time in God's presence, you're changing. And sometimes it's so gradual, we think, wow, that was good. But you don't realize, don't realize how good it was and how far you've come, all right? And, and, and this happens, you can, you can see this just in our, our spiritual relationship with God and our growth in Him, that uh, if you've been walking with the Lord faithfully, you're in the Word and, and, and growing in Him, doing what the Lord says to do, and you've been doing that for a while, and then you get back around some people who haven't seen you for some time, that's when people notice a difference. Whereas those of us who see each other on a regular basis, we think, oh, you know, you look like you always do. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. We just don't notice huge change. Sometimes you, it's more dramatic than others. But we're changing more than you know. If you're given priority to the things of the Spirit of God, if you're given weight to God's business, you are changing. There is a transformation taking place in your thinking, which comes out of you in every way. And you'll get around people, and they'll say, you're different. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know what? That's a good sign. We'll, we'll get into this scripture later. But the Bible says that we're changed from glory to glory. One of the worst things that can happen in us is for there to be no change. You know, you haven't seen someone for 20 years and they say, you're exactly the same as you used to be. <laughs> That's not good. Unless you're talking about your hairline or, you know, your waistline or, <laughs> or, or something, some physical thing that you necessarily didn't want to change. Other than that, you want to change. And I, I remember when I was at my first um, high school reunion at 10 years, uh, when I was, I didn't, I mean, I guess I knew I had changed a lot from high school spiritually in some ways, but there were some other people I hadn't seen for a while and, and said some things to me, and I said, you're different. <laughs> and I thought, praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus, I am different. <laughs> but I, I was partially glad that they could see it, glad that I had changed to a degree where it was noticeable. All right, But in the presence of God, that's where we're changing. In His glory, He came down from the mountain. His face was shining. And uh, let's see. So it says in verse Aaron, so, so when, in verse 30, so when Aaron, did I say verse Aaron? <laughs> verse 30, so when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone. They were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron, and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them, them commandments, all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out and he would come out and speak to the children of Israel whatever he had been commanded and whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses that the skin of Moses face shone 
Then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. He'd get around God every time, and there would be a physical manifestation of God's glory on him. And they'd say, ah, put the veil on. I mean, I guess they didn't have sunglasses back then. But it was obviously something that was pretty bright. I mean, you would think, wow, I'd kind of like to see that. Why would they put a veil? That'd be pretty cool to see. Obviously, it was so bright that it was, it was bothering them. It was, a, it was to a degree where they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle looking at it. And it was just a reflection of God's glory. Because Moses wasn't the glory. He had just been in that presence. And God got on him to such a degree, such a degree that people really couldn't look at his face. This is powerful. And, and we'll get into this later. But this story is recounted in 2 Corinthians. And we see how this plays out in the life of every believer. And actually, what happened to him is called no glory compared to what we have. They couldn't even look. They put a sheet over your head. Something, Moses. Do, do, this is, I can't look at this. And the, and the Bible says, inspired by the Spirit, that was nothing compared to what you have. And this understanding and revelation is something we need so we can, we can fully acknowledge and give credit and weight to what the Lord has invested in our lives in this new covenant. It is powerful, and we can walk in this. Amen? And God wants you to experience Himself, wants to reveal Himself to you and to me, wants there to be a manifestation of His glory in our lives in this church, not, to, not just in a theoretical sense, a felt sense. I mean to where people come in and say, wow, what is that? What is that, man? What, what's going on here? It's the glory of God. It'll transform a life. It raised Lazarus from the dead. Hmm. Has the glory lost any potency in our day? <laughs> no, not at all. The glory can do some amazing and wonderful things.